faithwire.com. Well, hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Today's Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. Coming up on the podcast today, the border crisis is getting worse and worse, according to an exclusive CBN report. We'll have the details there. Uh, And a judge has reinstated a Virginia teacher who was suspended for refusing to use kids' preferred pronouns. And demonic cicadas, yes, I added that, demonic cicadas are showing up on weather radars. Demonic. Three-time cancer survivor on AGT, America's Got Talent, actually brings Simon Cowell to tears. Great uh, story of triumph there. We'll have the the details with Trey Gones Phillips uh, from faithwire.com. Trey, how's it going? It's good. You know, I... uh... I was re- reading the other day, or I saw a notification on my Amazon Echo thing, yeah. uh, that the FDA is telling people if they're allergic to seafood to not eat cicadas. My immediate question was, who is eating cicadas to well, begin with? I would hope nobody. I mean, you know, John <laughs> the Baptist is out roaming around somewhere. Maybe he is. But, um, you know, I did see a bunch of the um, climate alarmist type people were like trying to Hey, you know, you want to be friendly to the environment. It's time to eat bugs. And I'm just like, nope, not hopping on that bandwagon. Um, Sorry about whatever cause they're pushing there, but not eating bugs and certainly not eating cicadas. They are horrific looking. I don't know why how anyone could look at them and I think, mean, hmm. I also want to know what the um, what PETA thinks of this. I, yeah. Because I know that they're all in on animals, but I don't. Right. Are, are they all in on are insects? Bugs also, yeah. yes. Do they also need to be protected? And then, more specifically than bugs, do cicadas need to be protected? Yeah, cicadas is kind of like protecting roaches. Like nobody likes them. Nobody. Yeah. No, nobody. Uh, and and my rule with you know with the kids because you know I don't want the kids to just be like all crushing animals they see outside. And I tell them, look. Just let them live unless they're invading our house. If they're invading our house, then they've made a grave mistake and uh, we need to get rid yes. of them. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of where I draw the line. If, they've, and if they're trespassing on my house and trying to invade and get into our pantry or whatever else they're doing, then uh, they got to go. It's just that simple. It's kind of like castle, like castle doctrine, but for bugs. <laughs> for bugs. <laughs> for bugs. I can defend my property if you step yeah. on it. You know, as long as you stay in your place and your lane, you're fine. But you yeah. step into my property, I'm in charge now. Yeah. Um, by the way, did you know Nicole Edmund, Edmund, Nicole Kidman went on some sort of a bug eating spree at one time. Uh, oh, wow. I, somehow I, I stumbled. Not. I was down some YouTube rabbit hole one day and somehow found. Nicole Kidman eating bugs. It was is eating bugs, and it's disgusting. I mean, and she's you know, doing you it wonder, like, like somebody, somebody who's as successful as she is. There's no reason for her to be no. eating bugs. No, you get anything you, eat you want. Anything on Earth, anything you want. Have your chef whip up anything. You don't need to go out in the backyard picking bugs. You're good. That's right. It's insulting Skip to the people the who have to eat bugs. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's uh, let's hop right into uh, story number one here. Uh, and it is from McAllen, Texas, or CBN News has an exclusive uh, interview with several residents down there uh, who are dealing with the continuing border crisis. And uh, uh, right now, the increase of people illegally crossing the border isn't just affecting law enforcement. Local landowners and ranchers 
are dealing with uninvited guests trespassing on their property, breaking into their homes and sheds, and damaging their gates and fences. It just seems to be getting worse and worse. Uh, resident Justin Capadona uh, told CBN News, he said, We've had groups come into our backyard and approach us looking for food and water. And I work 25 to 35 miles in town. Uh, and my wife's out here by herself, so it's a safety issue. It's a safety concern, he said. He also added that it was bad during the Obama years. It kind of slowed down during Trump. But he said in the last three months, we've seen an uptick. Unfortunately, I've seen anywhere from 15 to as many as 30 people come out of one vehicle. Uh, He also said he's constantly repairing damage to his personal property, like his fences and gates that are struck by vehicles that are actually fleeing law enforcement. And then he's left to pay the bill. And he says, what's happening, as you can see, vehicles will be coming down if they're being chased by Border Patrol or Sheriff, which happens a lot of the time. Uh, at some point, they'll decide they can't get away, so they end up just crashing through the fence, and they take a couple of posts here and bring down a fence there, uh, and then they'll get out uh, um, onto the main road, and then they'll continue on into the ranch. Um, and so a neighboring rancher who decided to remain anonymous told CBN News, that the trespassing groups are getting more frequent and aggressive, armed with high-powered weapons. They're finding everything from drugs to dead bodies on their property. How do we fix it? I don't know. Probably a combination of border wall and immigration policies, uh, added um, uh, the the, uh, rancher. Uh, So Governor Abbott recently launched Operation Lone Star, which deployed the Texas National Guard to tackle the issue. Uh, to try to improve air, ground, and marine security there on the border. Um, and a sheriff, Sheriff Roy Boyd, uh, told CBN News that the governor's doing the right thing uh, to try to do something down here, but it has a ripple effect that causes an overall negative impact on our communities throughout uh, the state. He said his county is still still feels the problems at the border, where he says they have staff sites that the cartels are using to store illegal aliens, uh, to strip stolen trucks, to store and move drugs toward larger markets in Houston. But he said the resources being used to address all these immigration issues means that there's less for law enforcement and helping local citizens in that way. Uh, and he said, so to be frank, that's the problem we have with all these efforts is that none of them are designed to actually win the war that we're facing with our neighboring country of Mexico and the cartels that reside there. He's like, got to quit putting a Band-Aid on the chest wound and have to go to war and have to go after what's happening. We have to have a comprehensive plan that stops it on the other side of the river. And so what's the left saying here? Well, this report comes on the heels of Kamala Harris, the vice president, mocking what that that she's, you know, when asked about being to the border, she said, well, she's not been to Europe either. Um, and then awkwardly laughed about that. She also she also explicitly told people do not come. Uh, now that the pressure has been kind of put on her about this obvious crisis happening at the border. Um, and then what's the right saying? Well, the right has called out Harris and the Biden administration for this, you know, this this hypocrisy that's going on. I mean, Trump was called racist and everything else for for wanting to build a wall. And then now they can say don't come and there's no consequences there. So there's the obvious uh, double double standard. So why does it matter? Well, uh, Trey, as we've mentioned before, uh, on this podcast, it, I mean, it just matters because people around the world are getting that false impression uh, that they're just going to be able to sail through our borders and come on over and just hop on in. And that's actually not the case, even though Biden has used 
that welcoming language when he was on the campaign trail and only now you hear the administration saying don't come the the fact of the matter is the border patrol is still turning away most people so even though they're saying that and they use that issue to sort of uh, hit trump and, and try to win votes uh the reality on the ground is pretty much the same except now there's just more people trying to flood in yeah and it's frustrating that this is just an issue that's over and over again is used kind of as a political yeah kind of like baton that they just pass back and forth from yeah. from party to party uh and and nothing is ever actually done about it at least not you know nothing legally nothing in law yeah. is done there are different actions that different administrations take some good and some bad there are some good things that trump did to kind of slow down uh, the migration, but then all of it ends up just being undone, just like with any president, yeah. because so much of it is through executive action and and even just the words that they're using, like with Biden, he's using all of this flowery language, you know, and sending a really open message, uh, and then it ends up being uh, chaotic at the border, like is uh, you know what we're seeing, it's just complete and total chaos. And I know this is not directly related to the story, but. I have to mention, I don't understand the cookie fiasco that happened uh, for anybody who was on social media with Kamala, uh, with Vice President Harris, she, going over to uh, Guatemala. She's on the airline, uh, on the, the airplane with reporters. She goes back to reporters and hands them out cookies, and the cookies are literally profiles of her face. <laughs> Like this, that is so bizarre. Like it is just, and I know I will be the first to admit to you, Donald Trump has an ego. I mean, there's no doubt that Trump, the man who puts his name in gold everywhere, yeah, uh, certainly has a, has an ego. So uh, no arguments there. But this just seems like quite quite the ego ego move there, right? And too. especially, I mean, I don't know what she was doing specifically in Guatemala, but uh, was it not partially addressing? The flow of migrants coming in there. It's like you've got these people living in yeah. horrid conditions. But let's eat cookies with my face on it in the middle of it. It just it doesn't seem like it's in good taste at that particular time. It seems like a bad idea. Um, yeah. When you're going to an impoverished country. I know a lot of Christians do mission trips down there to try to help um, you know, people who are struggling to get by. And you know, you're going out there getting personalized cookies on your giant plane on the way down there. It's just... I don't know how anyone can be so unself-aware to yeah. say, no, don't do the cookie thing. Just just if you want to hand out cookies, just it's hand pretty out cookies. Weird. Why? Why does that have to be me? I mean, someone had to approve yeah. that. And yeah, that's a great idea. Make them look just like me. Huh? Nah. Come on. <laughs> come on. Terrible idea. So, uh, Yeah. But anyway, I think, you know, more importantly, uh, I think the CBN report just kind of shows that as Christians... It's a tough, it's a, a tough, tough situation, regardless yeah. of what, where you fall politically. So it's just something that I think we need to be praying about because so many of these people who are coming to the border, whether they should be or not, uh, that's, you know, we can debate that. But the fact is, is they're there yeah. uh, and a lot of them need help. So as Christians, I think we should need to be praying. And if we've got resources giving to ministries that are working there, uh, if you're in the area going there and doing what you can to be a part of it. But uh, like I said, most importantly, just uh, we know that prayer is powerful. So as believers, yeah. certainly be praying for our leaders and for the people at the border. Absolutely. So, all right. Story number two. So a circuit court judge ruled Tuesday uh, in favor of a Northern Virginia education, a physical education teacher who was placed on leave after he said he would not affirm transgender identities 
for his students. So Judge James Plowman issued a temporary injunction to Tanner Cross, who had filed a lawsuit against Loudoun County Public Schools, according to the law firm representing him, uh, which is Alliance Defending Freedom. The Cross was suspended in late May for saying during an LCPS board meeting that he wouldn't lie by affirming to students that, quote, a biological boy can be a girl or vice versa. Uh, I love all my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences, he said at the time. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. So the policy cross opposes states uh, that school staff shall, at the request of a student or parent or legal guardian, uh, when using a name or pronoun to address the student, use the name and pronoun that corresponds with their gender identity, their chosen gender identity. Plowman condemned the school system for suspending cross. He said LCPS's decision was, quote, unconstitutional and rebuked administrators for their vindictive handling of the situation. Cross's interest in expressing his First Amendment speech outweighs the school's interest in restricting the same, the judge said, noting the teacher did not serve to uh, meaningfully disrupt the operation uh, or services of Leesburg Elementary School. He said, you know, what, what he said was not disruptive, so there was no reason that he needed to be suspended uh, at all uh, from his position, because that, that was initially what the, the principal said, was he was being disruptive and needed to be suspended. The judge said there's no truth to that. So what's the left saying? Well, this has been an argument back and forth between conservatives and progressives for some time. The left, though, has argued that these things uh, need to be mandated uh, in schools and elsewhere in the name of tolerance and inclusivity. And what's the right saying? Well, conservatives have pointed out that, as is, as is the case with Cross, these policies often end up being intolerant and exclusionary of Christians uh, who hold to biblical understanding of marriage and sexuality, and even of conservatives who might not be Christian, uh, who don't want the government mandating these kinds of things. Uh, so why does it matter? I think this is a big victory for Cross and for religious liberty. Uh, you know, I'm certain, Dan, that this is just the beginning uh, of this issue, not just for Cross, but for others uh, who will face similar kinds of discrimination for their religious views. And that's what this is. It was an attempt at discrimination against Cross for being a Christian. Uh, so I think it's important to note here that Cross, you know, wasn't even speaking of a, a legitimate, you know, bona fide transgender student in his classroom. He was sharing his views about a hypothetical situation regarding a policy that was up for debate during a school board meeting. Uh, and for that, he was suspended. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, I, I don't understand why this was ever a news story to begin with. His comments were not at all out of line and they were just expressing during an open debate his perspective. Yeah, there's a, it was a thought crime. I mean, is what he got uh, punished for there. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and even still, I think, uh, again, you know, the, the common theme that we are facing here today, and I think this is going to be one of the big issues of our time and the next generation coming forward is how do we deal with this political correctness? And, um, you know, you're just going to encounter speech you don't like. You're going to encounter ideas you don't yeah. like. You are never going to ever, ever in the history of the world, past, present, future, going to get all people to agree on all things. Just not going to happen. So, you know, the best we can do is learn how to, as the bumper sticker says, coexist. Does anyone actually really mean that? They don't mean that. Yeah. They want you to uh, conform instead of it coexist. They don't want to coexist. Um, and so... 
I mean, I think you could rally people, you know, together and say, you know, hey, we're going to disagree on some things, but let's not be canceling people from society, cancel them from their jobs, make them afraid to speak. Um, you know, we're raising a generation of um, softies, really, who just uh, aren't going to be able to deal with any different opinion. If you hear different opinion, they're going to be trained to say, oh, my goodness, these words are harming me and I'm going to wilt, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know, wilt like a little uh, dying flower and fade away <laughs> just because somebody has a different opinion or they don't like me or whatever the case may be. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a nonsense direction we're going in. I think, you know, um, you know, what is it? The path to hell is paved with good intentions. And it's like, we're going there. I mean, it was, you know, I understand the, the motive. People want to make sure, you know, they want to help people, but I, I just don't think this is going to end well and it's not going to have the result people <laughs> wanted. Yeah. And Megan Kelly has talked about the issue of unity a lot on her own podcast. Like she's, she said that when um, Biden started talking about unity during his inaugural address and has, has continued to say with, you know, with his words that he wants to be unifying, but then he's passed, you know, and promoted all these executive orders or legislation that's really as divisive, like the Equality Act or like his decisions on transgenderism, you know, whatever. Um, she said, unity is not actually possible. Like, that's not something we should be striving for. We should be striving for decency toward people because, like you said, Dan, there are always going to be people who have different points of view, different yeah. perspectives, different convictions. Uh, and if if our goal is unity, uh, it's going to end up where it's just going to be like with a cudgel, our leaders are going to force conformity. Uh, and that's not, I don't think, what anybody wants. Nobody should want uh, yeah. So we really just need to to have an actual tolerance, which I don't know that we've ever actually enjoyed as a society. We need to, you know, really be open to tolerating different ideas and just be decent to one another. Um, you know, don't assume that people's motives are by default nefarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was kind of what the judge was saying. He said also that these are his, you know, sincerely held religious convictions he wasn't trying to discriminate to be evil to be to be mean uh, this is what he believes and he should be respected for believing that just like people who disagree with him should be respected for disagreeing with him yep amen to all that and um look we have to find areas where we can find common ground on and i think story number three i would hope is an area that we yes. can find some common ground on and that of course trey would be these demonic cicadas and um yes i'm editorializing that because i just don't see that there's any other way to uh, describe them as demonic and as it's described here a swarm of bugs so immense that it's showing up on weather radar um is happening right now with cicadas according to the national weather service you can actually see it uh on the digital radar maps and it says they they actually tweeted out you may have noticed a lot of fuzziness uh on our radar recently the hydrometer classification algorithm shows much of it to be biological in nature our guess probably the cicadas um users were actually joking it looked like a category five cicada storm and they're not wrong um and so one scientist said uh that he seemed a little too excited about it, in my opinion. He said, for 17 years, they've been underground living a COVID-like existence. I see what he did there. Social distancing. But in the 17th year, they come up, usually at nightfall, and they make a mad dash to the trunk of a tree or another vertical structure. Their exoskeleton or skin splits open 
I mean, that's just demonic. I mean, this sounds something like like from a horror movie. Uh, and then he says, and the quote, beautiful adult cicada, that's debatable, comes out. Uh, this is Michael Raup, a professor at the University of Maryland. He said, this is our Super Bowl. Absolutely, for entom- entomologists. Uh, we've been looking forward to this. Um, this guy's also known as the bug guy. Okay. I've got some comments on the bug guy here in just a second, but uh, he's talking about the uh, march before the cicadas began to emerge. Uh, he called it and he said it would be a spectacular uh, event. Um, and uh, WSB TV reported in April that it sounded like a biblical prophecy as billions of cicadas would be descending upon the state of Georgia. And the station noted that the bugs would be hard to miss because their mating calls can reach up to 100 decibels. And it's that's not exaggerating if you've ever heard them. Uh, it's this, That's the same magnitude of sound that a lawnmower produces. And I'm, I can tell you from experience, having mowed my lawn when we've had cicadas here, it was a couple years ago, we had a bad burst of them. They, um, you, you could, you could hear them over the lawnmower as I'm mowing the, mowing the lawn, just insane. Um, and so, uh, awful, awful, awful creatures. And, and just, I don't, I don't even know why they exist, but you know, um, I don't, I don't like that they do, but I, but again, Trey, I did not write a left issue here again. Hopefully it would be like some sort of a uniting issue here, but I, I got a few thoughts on this bug guy here. First of all, don't compare a massive bug infestation with the Super Bowl, okay? It's a plague. <laughs> it is a plague. I mean, think Exodus 7 through 11 here. That's that's what we're talking about. We're not, not a fun game Super Bowl where the biggest thing is we complain about the halftime show. Uh, you know, God sent them as a punishment, is a judgment. Um, and, you know, honestly, look, I'm not into questioning the salvation of people. That's for between God and the people, but... <laughs> I mean, if you're enjoying basically plagues and you're having a fun time and calling it the Super Bowl, I'm just saying you should question your status for eternity. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there, just spitballing. If you like bugs that much, I don't know. I I, I, I question you. <laughs> I saw, I, <laughs> Have I, I gone too far? <laughs> I, I've, you know, I don't necessarily disagree. I think, <laughs> but I, I also think that people who really like snakes have a problem. Yeah, it is odd. Like I think it's odd. I think there's something that is not quite right in their their mental makeup. <laughs> if they're a really big fan of snakes, snakes or yeah. of uh, or of bugs and spiders, it's just. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful for the people who study it, I guess, because we should know, like, this is a dangerous one and this one's not a dangerous one because the worrier in me likes to know, like, yeah. okay, I don't need to be worried if I get bitten by this. But to, like you said, to equate it to something like the Super Bowl just seems a tad bit too far. Um, but I did, I noticed yesterday on uh, on Twitter, somebody shared a, a screenshot of the radar reading showing that, that yeah. you know, and I'm mad cloud I didn't pick that over. Picture, yeah. Uh, over Washington D.C., uh, and somebody said, "I don't, I don't know what this is. What is this?" And the reporter tweeted back and said, uh, "It's happiness. Don't worry, it'll be gone soon." Because <laughs> <laughs> it was over Washington D.C. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just had solid. to laugh at that. That's solid, absolutely. But yeah, let's so, just uh, let's just pray that uh, 
you know, this isn't another that these cicadas aren't actually a plague being sent on us and uh, some sort of judgment. Yes. Uh, because they're awful. They're awful things, and I see no positivity. And maybe there's some positive benefit, as you mentioned in the pre-show there. Um, yeah. That we don't know as non-bug guys, but um, yeah, you know. Um, well, just and kill them in the ground. I don't know why we don't just kill them in the ground. We know they're in the ground waiting. Why don't we just kill them before they come out? Right. Like, again, I mean, right. if they have some use, I'd like to know about it because I, you know, doesn't seem obvious, doesn't seem self-evident. So, but, but in what the do meantime, I, know? I suppose you could like you could take a, like a a tennis racket out and just like see how far you can you just, hit yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's inhumane of me. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I won't but, I won't call you out for it. I will not rat you out for um taking down a few cicadas. So all right. So story number four, all by right. the way, is a lot more positive. Good. Um, good. We need it. So yes, it, it's a, a very uplifting story. Uh, unlike the cicadas. Yes. Uh, so um on last night's episode of America's Got Talent, Jane Marcheski, a three-time cancer survivor who goes by the stage name Nightbird absolutely wowed the judges uh, and even brought Simon Cowell uh, to tears. Uh, so she sang one of her original songs called It's Okay, which she told the judges is a story of the last year of my life. So here's a little bit of background. Jane and I are not close friends, but we both went to Liberty University at the same time uh, and crossed paths with one another. She was kind of a mini celebrity in Lynchburg. Uh, everyone knew she was going to make it pretty big just because she had such an incredible voice, such a, a charismatic, dynamic personality. And then she was diagnosed with cancer in 2017, and she started the hashtag CJaneWin online, uh, and she did. She beat it. Uh, then the cancer came back more aggressively in January of last year uh, after she went on a small tour in Europe. It was in her lungs, her liver, her spine, her ribs, and even her lymph nodes. And just days after she got that news, her husband told her he was leaving her. Uh, and then just weeks after that, the pandemic began. Uh, so last night was was a bright light at the end of a tunnel that's been pretty dark. Uh, and Simon ended up giving her the golden buzzer uh, on the episode. And here's a small portion of, of their conversation with one another. There was something about that song after the way you just almost casually told us what you're going through. And, uh, you know. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. Um, there are, however, there have been some great singers this year. Um, and I'm not going to give you a yes. I'm going to give you something else. So obviously that was when he, instead of giving her a yes, he gave her the golden buzzer and Jane fell on the ground and started crying. And uh, he ended up running on or walking onto the stage, Simon did, and uh, they hugged each other uh, and he told her how incredible she was. So uh, just a really, really incredible 
story of just human triumph and what God can do and is doing through Jane, who is a Christian. Uh, so she said, Dan, later that she's been given only a 2% chance of beating the cancer she's still fighting. But she said she's always so hopeful and optimistic. She said 2% is not 0% and 2% is something. And I wish people knew how amazing that is. Yeah. Uh, so in an interview published this morning with People Magazine, Simon said that he was absolutely mesmerized uh, by Jane and even started to cry. If you go and watch the video on, on Faithwire, he described her as an amazing person with an incredible talent. So yeah, it's going to be an incredible story to follow. Uh, I'm super proud of her. Like I said, we're not close friends, but I knew her and to see how far she's come is, is really incredible. Yeah. Well, and you guys weren't wrong to uh, all kind of know that, that she was, you know, destined to be <laughs> noticed. I mean, her, she has a great voice and, and her yeah. personality obviously uh, kind of shown through in the middle of that. And also too, I will say, uh, she sang an original song and, you know, it was about her experience over the last years and the challenges she was facing and whatnot. And uh, she's she's a she seems and I read her blog and she seems to be a really great writer. Um, yeah, she uh, is. which you know is an underrated skill in all of all of the uh, uh, things that she's you know going viral for here over the last you know twenty four hours or so or, or whatever the case may be. But yeah, yeah, tough tough circumstances, especially you know in the midst of the cancer, to then have the marriage you know fall apart for whatever mm -hmm. reason, and um, you know just you know your heart you can't help your heart but go out to her and um, you know just keep praying, just praying that you know God's glorified through whatever happens with her uh, going forward, and and um, yeah. praying for nothing but the best for her for sure, because because. You know, we could all use a lot more of seeing somebody with a talent like that. I mean, that was, you know, heartbreaking to watch because you know her health situation, but also what a great talent. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, like I said, she started in 2017, the hashtag see Jane Wynn. Yeah. Uh, and now she's she's revived the hashtag and now it's see Jane Wynn AGT. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll see. I definitely will be uh, we'll be rooting for her yeah. this season. And uh, just and Terry Crews, the host of AGT, he said at the end that, you know, regardless of, of what people think about uh, the rest of the series, the rest of this this season, uh, he said, your story is one that America needs. Uh, it's an uplifting story and a story of hope and faith that uh, the country just definitely needs right now. And we're, we're so divided. So uh, yeah. I look forward to seeing her on more episodes because she's just, you know, a light, I think. Yeah. Uh, that, that is, that's encouraging. Yeah. And you wonder how many, because uh, Terry Crews is a Christian and you wonder, you wonder how yeah. many stories like this where somebody's facing adversity and, you know, facing a, obviously a life-threatening adversity a health issue, you know, facing it with faith. Um, you wonder how many of these stories Simon's going to see before he finally cracks and investigates <laughs> this Christianity thing. I don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean, because he's certainly yeah. seen a bunch of those, right, over the years? Yeah, for sure. And I, he's such a... I love Simon. He's he's my absolute favorite judge. I liked him when he was on American Idol because yeah. he just has his finger on the pulse of talent. Uh, so, you know, when he gives you his vote, I think that's a... That's a good omen, a good well, a good sign for the future. Um, but I certainly do hope you're right, Dan. I think that you know the more stories he sees like this, I hope maybe eventually it'll spark yeah. a curiosity about where are they getting this hopefulness from. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, and I also say this about Simon. I th I think the reason he's so popular, aside from being a keen judge of talent and shrewd with that, 
I think he's also willing to to criticize when everyone can see yeah. uh, that maybe somebody's not quite as good, or even if they're good, like here's why they're not as good as you know the top top people or whatever the case may be. He's he's willing to critique that, and so that makes yeah. his actual praise more valuable. And today we're living in a society where the exact opposite is true. They want to, you want to just be praised and paid and everything else for just existing. Uh, and so I think we all can see through the folly of that. And there's this big facade that that the uh, that that society's putting up right now, and just this faux, empty praise uh, that means nothing. Mm-hmm. It it really means nothing. Yeah. And it's empty, and it might might fill you up for a second, but then it's just going to go away. Um, and so I think um, you know Simon's you know that that's the reason he's valuable, and his opinion is valuable because you know it means something when he actually uh, praises you. Otherwise, it's just empty, and it's just you know yeah platitudes otherwise well, and I so. think that's what that's what makes moments like last night with Jane even more powerful right is because everybody knows Simon doesn't give out participation trophies right. uh, <laughs> yes. so if he gives if he gives you a golden buzzer if he gives you his yes vote he means it yeah uh, so it just it just adds to the, the credibility his credibility and also the credibility of Jane's talent yes. so yeah and and a lesson that we could all take here in society and in our PC sure. culture that we're talking about so all right, that's all the time we have for this episode of 4 and 3. Be sure to follow us on the iTunes, on YouTube, wherever else you can uh, get a podcast. Go ahead and follow it there. And uh, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. We'll be back here again tomorrow with more of the top stories. So God bless. We'll see you then.